Welcome to Mind, America's Lignite Energy Podcast, brought to you by Lignite Energy Council of North Dakota. Here's your host, Kate Muggerud. All right, welcome, you guys. Thank you for joining us another week here. Glad to have you. To our new listeners, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, I, I just really love having new new listeners and having um, this just grow has been such a cool experience. Um, for those who are joining us this week, we are a podcast put on by the Lignite Energy Council and myself, and I'm just digging in and diving into the world of energy and emerging markets and technologies. So um, this week, I have a, a great guest with me. Every week, I get the privilege of interviewing some of the movers and shakers um, in the energy and emerging technologies markets. And this week, we have Wes Peck. He is geologist at the EERC. Um, and for, for those of our listeners who are not familiar with the EERC, that is the Energy and Environmental Research Center um, out of Grand Forks, North Dakota. So, Wes, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us on the show. Love having you. So, um, have to have to full disclosure, uh, geologists. Um, the extent of my understanding of what that would be uh, for a job kind of goes back to my high school geology course. So I did not know that this was something that could be as robust as the job that you have. So what what's a day in the life for you, Wes? Well, um, it's a little bit different now than it was earlier on in my career. Now that you've been a geologist for uh a number of decades, you you move on to into more administrative things. So let's talk about what it was like the day before yesterday. So yeah, uh, in my field uh, with the energy world, um, and that's dealing a lot of st- with uh, materials that are in the subsurface, anything that's below the grass and, and much much deeper, uh, rocks, minerals, all that kind of fun stuff you learned about in in high school. Um, we just do it a little bit more, but intensely. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a geologist, that's why I wanted to be when I was a kid. Now that I got to be one growing up, uh, it wasn't anything like I thought it would be, but it's been <laughs> fun. Um, so we, and, and what we work on a lot here at the Energy Center and the group that I'm part of is uh, looking at the deep subsurface that's in that area, you know, eight, nine, ten thousand feet down below the surface. And so we do a lot of geology. Um, but uh, to get the rocks, it requires someone to drill a hole and bring up some rocks from the deep subsurface. We do a lot of uh, extrapolating from places like the Black Hills where the rocks are sitting at the surface and what they might look like under the ground. But uh, overall, it's, uh, it's a lot of investigation. It's a, it's a big investigative science and in trying to determine what's happening under the ground beneath you with just a few points of information. That's really cool. So you knew you wanted to be a geologist. Excuse me. Since you were young. Yeah, yeah, yep. I used to bring home all sorts of rocks and uh, just start stacking them up and collecting them. And I wanted to learn about rocks when I grew up. Uh, that's <laughs> now that's really too. cool. That's, that's that. pretty cool. And now, yeah, you're on a day-to-day basis. You're you're still playing with rocks, right? <laughs> uh, well, not on, not on a day-to-day basis anymore. Now other other folks are getting to do the the rock stuff, and uh, 
I get to write reports about them. So I don't there know. There you go. <laughs> there you go. In our career, we get right past the fun stuff into the to the other <laughs> business part. But I still remember it. And the and the younger staff here, they they entertain me by showing me rocks again, so I can I can still stay in touch. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So when you're when you're kind of writing your reports, what's what what are you writing reports on? Well, um, one of the big projects that we're just wrapping up right now, and we're writing a big report on it, is something called the North Dakota Carbon Safe uh, Project. It started about two and a half years ago, and that was a project to look at uh, can you take CO2 that's captured from a power plant in central North Dakota, you take that captured CO2, and what's the feasibility of storing that in for the for a long, long time, like thousands or more years, in the deep subsurface of North Dakota? Um, so that required us to have an understanding about the rocks in that deep subsurface. We're working in the area around Beulah and Center, just you know those areas north and west of Bismarck. So get samples of rocks from five or six thousand feet down. Uh, bring those rocks back here to the EERC, study to how much, uh, see how much uh, porosity is in there, like a sponge. How much, uh, uh, how many holes are in there? How much uh, material can you, like a gas, can you push into these rocks? They they don't look like they're full of holes, but they they really are. These little pores are super small, but uh, when you're talking about a huge volume of this rock, you can put a lot of uh, a lot of captured CO2 in there. So that's the that's what stuff we're writing about now. Uh mm-hmm. we 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 captured we did grab those rocks from the subsurface through drilling of two wells. Mm-hmm. Uh folks here in the labs did all the analysis work. Other folks did geologic modeling uh on the computers and at the very end we get some some answers that have to be synthesized into uh into the reports and that's my job now. Hmm. That's that's really cool. Yeah, I know we had on our, one of our previous weeks here. We kind of delve into the carbon safe program and kind of you know what what's happening there with the ERC. So, what's your role specifically within the carbon safe? Uh, with carbon safe North Dakota, I was the project manager, or still am, I guess, for a few more weeks until it's all wrapped up. Wow, that's a big undertaking. It has been a very big undertaking, uh, very complex. But I will say that. Uh, uh, what's made it a pleasure to work on is the nature of the partners that we have in the in the project. Uh, working with the state and the power plants, uh, the, namely the folks at Minkota and over, over there at Basin Electric by Beulah. Um, working with those folks has really made it a pleasure and made it much easier than it could have ever been. So I, yeah. I appreciate all the partners and their their uh, commitment. Yeah, you know that's I heard that as well that the amount of partnerships that there were with the carbon safe program i mean it it just really was cool to see that collaboration between all these different groups come together for one common cause and one common goal yep no it's great that way and we have submitted a proposal into the department of energy for carbon safe phase three and uh, we have uh, high hopes and high hopes for good reason with the nature of what we found out in phase two and again with great partners that uh, in this competitive uh, solicitation that was put out, put out by the Department of Energy that we are going to be successful in, in winning the next phase of carbon safe. That's pretty cool. And now just was for our new our new listeners here that maybe didn't listen to the you know, exactly what the carbon safe program is, just quick overview of what that is for them. 
Okay. Uh, Carbon Safe is a is a federal program under the, under the Department of Energy uh, to look at the feasibility of storing what they considered uh, commercial scale uh, quantities of captured CO2 in the subsurface. So Carbon Safe deals um, with the uh, storage part of it, not so much with the capture part of it. There's mm-hmm. a different programs that deal with the capture of the CO2. Um, our task as the geologists here at the ERC and the project are to find out if it's captured, where can you put it? Will that place uh, take the large volumes of CO2 and uh, um, to show that it would be safely stored in the subsurface? Are the rock conditions correct to store the CO2 for a long time in a very safe fashion? So uh, that was our, our phase two uh, activity was called the characterization phase. Our phase three one that we have proposal in for is to move it down the line towards permitting. And that would be to take the information that we've gathered, uh, determine what additional information is necessary, and then start working through uh, the permitting process for what it would take to store CO2 in the ground. And commercial scale, that means at least 2 million tons a year captured and stored in the deep subsurface. Man, wow. Now, are we talking just specifically within North Dakota? Or how far does this project? Yes, there are a number of other carbon safe projects. There's one that we're helping with in Wyoming. Uh, There's a there was an earlier a pre feasibility carbon safe program in in Nebraska that we worked on, and we just we wrapped that one up about six months ago. And we're also part of one in that's uh, down in the Kansas and Nebraska border area. So there's multiple carbon safe programs uh, projects out there. Ours is focused on on North Dakota, so on our lignite uh, fired power plants and taking that CO2 and and storing it in the uh, well, we call it ideal geology, but we have a in the in the geology of the Williston Basin, which uh, you get out to western North Dakota. You know, you've heard of the Bakken Formation and all the oil it produces. Yeah. Well, there's other layers of rock down there, other formations that don't have oil in them, but are in a, situated in a great way that uh, they could take this large commercial scale storage of CO2. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, that was something that I thought was just kind of doing some research on it, how cool it is um, to to kind of just see us as a leader in the country. You know, North Dakota is really kind of pioneering some of these efforts and, and maybe, you know, collaborating with other states, I think, is something that's really, really neat to talk about. Yeah, North Dakota really is uh Truly a pioneer in this in this uh, field. Um, the the state um, government here was was quite uh, progressive in thinking about the potential for CO2 storage in the state. The the uh, huge uh, resources of lignite that we have, the great geology that we would have to store the CO2 in, and when we get ready, when the economics are right, which are very soon, we believe. A lot of this CO2 will be used for enhanced oil recovery in western North Dakota. So with the willingness and the resources that North Dakota has, really puts us out in front. Now, when you say, just for some of my listeners, enhanced oil recovery, break that down kind of in elementary terms for us. What does that mean? Um, uh, Oil comes out of the ground in uh, two or three stages, depending on the nature of the oil field that you're drilling into. The first one is uh, you drill down into a into an oil uh, a reservoir that you've identified, and that 
oil reservoir has uh, has built up pressure over the millions of years naturally as the oil has formed there. It, it, it increases pressure that's contained. So you drill down into it, and that pressure pushes the oil up all by itself. Mm-hmm. And you collect it through pipes and put it into rail cars and storage tanks. Later on, that pressure starts to run out, and then they do what's called a, a, a secondary recovery. A lot of times they'll run water down into a well and, and uh, try to wash out more water, build that pressure back up. And then when that starts to not work very well, you move into what's called CO2-enhanced oil recovery. It's a big one. So what we do is take captured CO2 and pump it down into the oil reservoir, and the CO2 dissolves in it into the oil, and it causes it to swell up. And when it swells up, it creates more pressure, which helps push the oil out. So the enhanced part is usually involving some sort of material that you inject down to to intermingle with the oil and force it to come out. So North Dakota, uh, we believe that with the Bakken and some CO2, we can take the recoveries that we're getting now, the billions of barrels, and turn it into even more billions of barrels of oil. And and that probably makes a lot of people happy <laughs> to hear. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Uh, all those folks that got happy over the last ten years of um, with the Bakken production, and that's pretty much everybody in the state. Yeah. Uh, those same folks will be happy uh, decades in the future with uh, the use of CO2 EOR enhanced right. Very cool. So now is the phase three, um, the phase three carbon safe program, is that going to be with the same partners and collaborations that we've had previously? Some of them. Uh, we're moving forward, um, kind of uh, sharpening the tip of the pencil, however the analogy is that you want to use. Um, we're moving forward to work with uh, Minkota Power Cooperative. Um, they have a project known as uh, Project Tundra. I don't know if you've talked about that on your show before. Yeah. It's a project that Minn Kota has to, to be the largest carbon capture and storage project in in uh, North America, maybe the world, and they're going to do it right here in North Dakota. And uh, so by hitching on with Project Tundra, we're able to offer the Department of Energy a very good opportunity for a successful carbon-safe permitting process Um um, project, which is coming up next. If everything goes as we hope it will, and timing-wise, we'll be starting on that um, in, in May. Very cool. That's that's so cool to hear that it's continuing on. It's been such a, a success and, you know, accepted by, by so many different groups so far. So, I mean, is that kind of, when you look at the next five years, what do you, what do you see that, what, what's happening? What's the biggest things that are going to happen here? Well, I think in the next five years, this uh, commerciality of uh, carbon capture and and storage will really start to to manifest itself in North Dakota, and we will become a template for the states around us on how to get things done. Uh, Hopefully, folks like uh, those in Wyoming, um, Montana will, will come on board with these types of projects once we've shown how they can be done successfully in the commercial level. The uh, the permitting um, framework that North Dakota has adopted is um, we're first in the nation to have control over our own carbon storage projects and carbon storage wells. Uh, other states are trying to adopt what we've done. Wyoming is hot on our heels, and that'd be great. And then Louisiana 
way down south of us is is uh is following in our footsteps and uh so if we can keep keep blazing the way we feel these other states and areas will follow along uh, with us and make this type of technology widespread across the, the country that's so cool yeah that's something that i know is is important just when you look on from a state level is to make sure that you know if you can and you're able to keeping those resources happening interstate and keep it interstate too so i mean that's that's something that's really cool has that been kind of at the forefront of the project from the beginning keeping the the jobs in the state and keeping yeah. the going yes uh there's roughly give or take a month or two 800 years of lignite resources in the ground right now uh wow. that's that's a lot and uh we know where it is exactly where it is um, we know how to take it out of the ground efficiently. We know how to combust it, to turn it into electricity very efficiently. Um, here at the Energy Center over the past 50 years, we've worked on almost every aspect of how to turn that fuel into electricity in an increasingly uh, more environmental-friendly way. And mm -hmm. now this next step is uh, to remove this carbon dioxide that is a byproduct of combusting the lignite pull that out of the uh, the exhaust stack and put it underground. Pretty much all that's left that's coming out is water vapor, just yeah. a bunch of steam. Uh, so yeah. moving and forward through, uh, through all these years and the years ahead, uh, to be able to use that resource in a very efficient and environmentally friendly fashion is something that we're all about. Yeah, you know, that's something that I think um, is so – so cool and not talked about maybe enough or maybe it's not heard you know put in in front of people enough but how we're taking care of the environment i mean oftentimes you hear how you know it, it could be damaging and you know we've got all these buzz keywords that are in the media with the you know the climate change and everything like that but this is really like you said the byproduct is water i mean we're using every piece and every part of that process it's it's clean you know that's our that's the goal is to make it as clean as possible and we've worked in the past on cleaning up uh the mercury the sulfur that was coming out people thought that would be difficult to near impossible now it's just built into the power plants it's off the shelf technology and we hope yeah. that as we go forward in the future that carbon capture and carbon management activities also just off-the-shelf technology um it's just what you do yeah now this may be a silly question but is when we're talking of you know we're, are we talking just specifically using lignite is that the only um resource that we're kind of using with this or are there multiple different you know resources that we're using uh, for the carbon safe project um it is it is lignite it's the, it's the lignite coal resource yeah. Uh, the technology itself, though, works on other other uh, types of coal, the, the bituminous coals or subbituminous coals, as they're called in uh, Wyoming, would also take advantage of this type of uh, this type of technology. Uh, in the future, there's there's a good chance we'll start to look at capturing CO2 from natural gas combustion. Wow, that's just so cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm biased with the lignite, that you know, clean, beautiful brown coal that we got. So I think that's pretty cool. And like you said, what did, what was it? Eight hundred some years of what's the statistic on that? Yeah, roughly, roughly, you know, eight hundred years of lignite at our current consumption rate. Uh, 
long, long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we, we realize that uh, other forms of energy will come along. They, they always have. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, to be able to be uh, providing safe and affordable and clean electricity is is important to everybody. And yeah. something that the, the EERC is firmly behind. We uh, we understand that the, the wind power is his challenges, and in the meantime, as they uh, attempt to address those, we're still going to need to keep the lights on and turn the heat on. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's important, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I think so. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's so cool. Well, you know, I know we talked about it in the next five years, but what do you see? I mean, what's the, what's the next six months look like for the ERC right now? The next six months is going to be crazy busy. Uh, um, well, we're we're pretty confident that we're going to get that award coming up in in May. We're pretty confident yeah. that'll keep uh, a bunch of folks super busy as we uh, we'll have to drill another well, uh, collect more rocks, get to look at some more rocks, uh, <laughs> start down the long permitting process, working closely with the state to ensure that we do a good job of that. Uh, there are other projects um, with uh, in, in, that are lining up with other. Um, CO2 capture uh, ideas. Um, we seem to have a perfect storm coming up here this this summer with respect to work. So uh, we're going to have to get uh, get all creative and make sure everything's lined up and efficiently run through the laboratories. But the ERC uh, up here, at least where my fellow geologists hang out, are going to be extremely busy between now and uh, Christmas. And uh, we look forward to it. It's always always better to be busy. Yeah, so definitely job security. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a very formative amount of work too. The things that are going to come out of the next um, six months, nine months, are really going to start to paint the picture well for how these projects are going to develop, not only across North Dakota but uh, across other parts of other states. Yeah, that's just so cool. I, I, I for one, am really excited to see what's going to happen you know, especially these next six to 12 months in North Dakota with this program too. So that's just too cool. Well, Wes, if our, or if our listeners want to learn more, where can they go to kind of learn more about the carbon safe program? I'll direct you to the EERC's uh, website. Cool. And also uh, from there, you'll be able to get a link to the PCOR partnership uh, site and uh, that's a, another program that we have here at the center. But um, the carbon-safe materials are nested within there. And, of course, you can always call uh, call here at any time. Um, Nikki Mossman, our, our uh, outreach coordinator, our, our communications coordinator, will uh, make sure that folks get the information they're looking for. Cool. Awesome. Well, Wes, thanks for being a part of the show. We appreciate it. Just so much knowledge you dropped on us, and, and we appreciate you taking the time. Anytime, anytime for sure. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mind, America's Lignite Energy Podcast. For more information on Lignite Energy in North Dakota, visit lignite.com.